Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Tangle Tales. Um, I just uh, got done recording another episode, but I thought I would do a quick, quick separate episode um, on something that I didn't, I left out of the, the previous four part series about ingredients and in beer that I wanted to touch on, but it's very infrequently talked about. So uh, carbonation, what is it? Why is it? What does it mean to beer? Um, so yeah, I wanted to, to give my opinion about carbonation and, and kind of the, the reason why I think it's one of the most overlooked attributes in, in beer in general. So here we go. Um, yeah, during fermentation, yeast eat sugar and they fart out CO2 and they piss out alcohol. And, um, those are the main byproducts of fermentation, the yeast metabolism, but CO2 is a super important part of uh, the drinking experience nowadays. Uh, every fermentation creates it and we kind of capture it at different levels or add it back into the, to the alcohol of choice at different levels. And I think that it's such a unique thing about specific styles of beers and different drinking experiences. Um, so uh, think think about champagne. Champagne would not be champagne without an enormous amount of carbonation that is uh, primarily, or not primarily, 100% from a secondary fermentation where they put yeast and sugar in a bottle and then it uh, referments and turns into a super over-carbonated beverage. But in regards to beer, um, during fermentation, yeast are, you know, creating carbonation. And in general, we're letting that carbonation vent off or blow off of the fermentation vessel, whatever the fermentation vessel is. But at the end of fermentation, at least in my experience in a small craft brewery, uh, we tend to cap the fermentation vessel or we, we turn a valve and close off the fermentation vessel to, to trap a certain amount of residual carbonation from fermentation. Uh, this increases the pressure of the vessel. Um, this allows, you know, the subsequent cooling of the liquid, which when you cool liquid, it contracts in, in volume. So uh, pressure would decrease if you didn't have any pressure on the tank, you could potentially pull a vacuum on a tank. So anyways, one of the one of the reasons to create pressure in the tank, but also you're going to retain some of that carbonation that was produced during fermentation uh, at, at just at atmospheric pressure, your beer is going to retain an amount of carbonation regardless of, uh, whether you, you close the valve or not, but we want to retain more of that, that carbonation in general than just whatever's at atmospheric pressure. So, uh, at black star specifically, when we close off a fermentation vessel, it'll rise all the way up to 10 PSI. And so that tank is now pressurized. All of that carbonation is sitting in the head pressure, but due to the nature of how gases work, uh, that carbonation will start to dissolve into the solution. And so it equilibrates out eventually at a specific pressure at a specific temperature. And that's pretty much how you determine how much carbonation is in any solution is that you have a specific pressure of this gas CO2 uh, on this vessel at this specific temperature 
and you can determine uh, in general or generally speaking, you can determine the level of carbonation that would be dissolved in there given a certain amount of time and, you know, surface uh, uh, exposure. What's the term I'm looking for? Surface area uh, is, a, is a large factor in the rate at which the CO2 will dissolve into solution. But for the most part, you put pressure on a liquid, in this case, the liquid is beer, at a uh, certain temperature over a period of time. It will equilibrate out to um, give you a, a pretty pretty accurate amount of, of carbonation that would be dissolved into that solution. So given all of that, um, I guess I can kind of go over the carbonation process in, uh, or at least how we do it at Tanglefoot. So on my system at Tanglefoot, I'm, I'm fermenting in, in plastic, Spiedel, um fermentation vessels. So I don't have a valve to close. These are very simple plastic fermentation vessels, like a plastic bucket, but large enough for 31 gallons of beer. Um, <clears throat> so all of my carbonation takes place after fermentation uh, and lagering happens. So I'll ferment my beer, crack, cold crash it, yeast fall out, and then I'll keg it off, let it lager for a period of time. And then I will put a keg, which I, I underfill my kegs just slightly so that the surface area, um, the exposure to the CO2 inside of the keg is larger than if it was completely full. But I'll put my keg of uh, good, lagered, clean, ready-to-go um, beer into a separate kegerator that I have connected to a coupler that attaches to the keg with a CO2 regulator set at a specific uh, pressure. It's about 14 to 15 PSI. And at 14 to 15 PSI at the uh, temperature in the kegerator, it gives me a pretty decent um, amount of carbonation, or I shouldn't say a pretty decent, um, a specifically accurate amount of carbonation for the beers that I produce at Tanglefoot and the way that I serve them on the uh, side pour lucre faucets so the and i'm pulling up a co2 volume chart right here um doo -doo -doo, the kegerator is set at about 38 degrees so 38 degrees or not i think it's at 40 degrees that's what it may, that would make more sense so 40 degrees at um <clears throat> excuse me 40 degrees at 14 psi yields about 2.5 ish volumes of co2 so 2.5 ish volumes of co2 is or closer to 2.6 volumes of CO2 is an appropriate amount of CO2 for these specific beers that I'm brewing at Tanglefoot, these Czech style lagers. Uh, it may be even on the higher range, but I think due to the way that I'm moving beer around and and uh, pouring the beer through the side pour faucets, uh, it, it just, this is a what I've deemed to be an appropriate level of carbonation for these beers. So having said all that, that's how... I uh, carbonate the beers, and I guess I didn't mention, I let that that passively sit for at least a week. So that pressure, that 14 PSI uh, of carbonation or CO2 pressure on top of that keg is dissolving into that solution, that beer, over the course of a week. Uh, and so it does, it actually works very well. I know a lot of people have not had experience in doing this, and it's a pretty homebrewy tactic, but I get very consistent carbonation levels. Uh, if 
given that the CO2 pressure is consistent, the temperature in the um, kegerator is consistent, and I let it happen for a long enough period of time, usually a week, two weeks is, is ideal. So um, all of that to say, that's how I get carbonation into the beers at Tanglefoot. And what does that mean for the beer? So carbonation, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, is one of the most overrated ingredients in beer. Uh, having a beer that is undercarbonated or has little to no carbonation is one of the most disappointing things you can, you know, you can experience if you have this awesome, I mean, let's say it's a Pilsner. Let's say it's a nice hoppy Pilsner and you go and you get it and it's just flat. There's no head. There's no beer foam on top. It's just kind of, it's basically flat beer and nobody likes that. So carbonation is crucial for a number of reasons. It, it, um, lightens the body, lightens the, um, the overall mouthfeel of a beer. So as you're drinking it, CO2 is, is, um, coming out of solution and it's becoming effervescent on your tongue. It's also brightening those hops, the bitterness. It's expressing that over your tongue. It's a very refreshing feeling. So think about champagne versus a, just another Pinot Grigio or any other white wine. The experiences are two totally different experiences. One is kind of like uh, mellow and it coats your tongue and you drink it and you sip it and you can, you know, do that <laughs> sommelier swash it uh swish it around in your mouth to to get every single flavor out of the white wine and then there's the champagne that is extremely carbonated it coat it immediately goes to you know pop rocks in your mouth and um and it's just a it's a different experience it's effervescent and it's pleasurable and light and fun and and with beer it's no different so carbonation in beer uh also helps volatilize aromatic compounds so you get a better uh, aroma out of the beer in the glass it also helps build uh, a nice foam on the head if you're not pouring beer out of a, a lucre side pool faucet which most people aren't you're pouring them off traditional like perlick style for uh draw beer taps then you're just you're relying on the um you're relying on the turbulence of the beer falling into the glass to break out CO2 in order to create that foam. If there isn't enough CO2 in solution, then it won't break out that much. And so you won't have a nice head on your beer. Um, yeah, carbonation is such a crucial thing to balance out malt sweetness and bitterness, and it, it cleanses your palate and makes you want to go back for another sip. So I think carbonation is is highly underrated, or it, maybe it's not underrated, but people don't ever talk about it. Um, and I think it is a uh, it's super important. Uh, one interesting tidbit about carbonation: um, naturally carbonated beers, which I don't do yet, but have a desire to move towards a spunding process or a process where we trap the CO two at the end of fermentation, like I mentioned, but trapping enough to where it fully carbonates the beer, traditional German and uh, Czech way of, of carbonating beers. Um, this process um, is allegedly produces like finer, more uh, rounded carbonation in beer. And the same with a secondary fermentation where you would take a finished beer, add more sugar and add more yeast to, to then kick off a secondary fermentation to 
specifically add carbonation to the beer. A lot of people do this in bottles called bottle conditioning. Um, it is subjectively a much more pleasant way of carbonating as opposed to like forcibly carbonating beer. But, um, that is kind of a, the next step in, in quality control that I want to do at, at Tanglefoot. But yeah, um, focusing on the right level of carbonation in beer is, is a huge factor. And one that I, I see a lot of, um, I see a, a, that being one of the most overlooked things in craft breweries, or at least like newer craft breweries, uh, not, not dialing in carbonation. And it's, it's just something that I personally think is, you know, you put all of the work and effort into building a malt bill and, and you get your hops specifically dialed in for the right IBU and, and, um, and the right alcohol level to balance, uh, balance everything out. And then the carbonation is just lacking. And this is something that I've been guilty of before at black star, not, not carbonating beers specifically to the level that I deem appropriate and not checking up on that and being diligent about serving only exactly what you want. But, uh, I, I still, you know, I think that's something that we could all do better at on a small scale and just be diligent about, you know, intentionally putting out beers exactly the way that you want them to be. And again, for the fourth time, carbonation, in my opinion, is one of those very important yet overlooked aspects of, uh, serving beer. So yeah, that's uh, pretty much all I have to say about that. If anybody has any questions or comments about any of these episodes, please feel free to message me on Instagram or Facebook at Tanglefoot Brewing or Tanglefoot Beer on Instagram. And yeah, um, I'm glad that, that somebody's listening and hopefully you're enjoying the content. Hope to see you at Tanglefoot soon. Cheers, y'all. Bye.